Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Before I, I kind of get into this, I feel like this is the first time that he's been here, so I'm going to introduce him and um, in the way that my heart really wants to. Um, we've been childhood friends, and we became best friends as little kids. I, I don't even know what age we were when we started to play t-ball at Tamiami Baseball together. I don't know, four, five, six, seven, five. We became really good friends at five years old. My mom and his mom became really good friends, and and um, Max is, uh, at five years old, we just started to run around Tamiami, and, and, it, and it became a close friendship. And um, we, we've, we've seen a lot of good moments and bad moments. I, I said this, we've done a lot of good and bad together. And um, we've seen a lot of good and bad within each other. But I could truly say that today we're living in the best days. Uh, we're both serving the Lord, and, 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 and I love what God is doing in, in Pastor Max's life, and his family, and his wife, and his children. And his ministry, God is really raising him up even in his ministry as he's, uh, he's, he's, he's getting ready for new things. And God's just doing something special in him. And, and, and something about him really struck me. I went to eat lunch with him in the beginning of the year. And um, we ate lunch and just started to speak about what God was doing in his life. And, and he was sharing with me. And as, as he was speaking, I looked at him and I'm hearing every word that he's saying, like dissecting it. And as every word he's dropping in my heart, I said, this is the kind of person... I want to stand before, behind our podium. I loved the spirit that he was speaking with. I loved the heart that he was talking with. I loved where he was at in the Lord. I loved what God was doing in him. And um, he was sharing what God had done in his life uh, through something that he'll be sharing and where he's at today because of that. And I just looked at him when he was done. I said, would you mind coming to our church and sharing your story? Because I know that our church would be blessed by you. And he automatically said, okay, you didn't have to go home and pray about it. You know, some things you don't have to pray about. Just like, yeah, it's God's will. And, and we're grateful for Pastor Max. We're grateful for Pastor Max. We're grateful for his ministry. We're grateful for his wife. We're grateful for his kids. And um, today, he's very busy at his church. He pastors a church in the Kendall area. It's, a, it's an amazing church. It's a growing church. It's a very vibrant church. He's, been, he's invited me to go over there and speak to the young ones over there. And um, he, he walked away from home to come and speak to our home. And, um, and, and that's an honor to say thank you for leaving your church on a Sunday, which we know it's busy for you, to come to our church. And sometimes we don't look at that as a big deal, but that's a big deal for us pastors because it's hard for us to miss our churches. And uh, we thank him. So, so with, with honor and thankfulness, let's, let's uh, welcome Pastor Max uh, to the stage. Amen. I'm a little old school. I don't, me and technology don't get along. Uh, um, before we get into the word, uh, I want to do two things. And uh, the Bible says to give honor where honor is due. Um, and uh, I'm someone that believes that honor is honor is the culture of the kingdom. You know, uh, not you don't worship men. You know, we only worship Jesus. But we need to encourage and, and honor one another. And I just wanted to honor uh, someone here because the first time that I ever stepped into a, a evangelical church was because this woman right here in the front row took me. Berta, I just wanted to honor you publicly for what you've done. I don't have to recognize you because your son is a fruit of your work and we go back there. But, uh, you know... We're, we've, we've always been family, we'll always be family, and I just wanted to thank you for that because it was crazy. We went to like a crusade, I think it was. It was a Benny Hinn crusade, actually. And I remember sitting on, standing on the chair and then Benny Hinn did one of these. And I, and I fell back and I'm like, what was that, you know? Then afterwards, we're outside by the trailer and I think a, a pastor friend of theirs came to pray for us and me, me and Pastor Rigo were just there. And then he, he prays for, for Professor Regal, and he falls, so I'm like, okay. You know, so when you pray for me, 
I'm like, I'm going to do what Rigo did. I'm going to fall too. I, have no, I fell back and I just waited for Rigo to get up. You know what I'm saying? Thank, thank God he didn't stay down too long. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, just, uh, you guys have no idea what it means for me to be in this house. Uh, you just mind if I have a little conversation with, my, with God for a second? You guys can listen in. You know, Hispanics are nosy, so you're going to listen anyways, right? <laughs> Father, I just want to thank you. Because <clears throat> you and I know that I'm not supposed to be here. So I just want to thank you for your goodness, for your faithfulness, especially in those moments that I turned my back or complained or just raised my voice in rebellion. I thank you, my God, because only you know who I truly am and you still love me like that. I don't come here with answers I come here with one petition is that your Holy Spirit would move like it's been moving in this place today. Holy Spirit, flow where only you can flow and go where only you can go. You see the heart of man, Lord. I can't do this. I'm just a vessel. So just do what you came to do today. I submit to you, Holy Spirit, I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth is directed from your heart to ours. And that today, we would walk out here saying we encounter Jesus. I love you, Father, and I thank you. It's my honor to serve you, to serve my brothers and sisters. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Ooh. All right. I'm, I'm a crier, so... I might cry a few times today. I'm a screamer too. I don't know if I can get the vein going like Rigo does, but, but I'll try. I'll try. promise I'll try. Oh, man. How many of you guys are excited to be in church today? I just want to thank Pastor Rigo for having me here. I want to honor and thank my, my senior pastor. Uh, I, I pastor the youth in, in Numa Church on and Kendall, and I want you guys to know that you guys have a family over there. Uh, we are one body, and we're praying for you, and we love you guys very much. Uh, me and your pastor go way back, man, and I remember we used to pretend to be Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior <laughs> back in the day, you know, and, uh, and uh, it's just an honor and privilege to be here. I have my, my children are, are in the back somewhere, uh, Ethan Malachi, he's five, he's about to turn six, and my little uh, princess Abigail, uh, she's going to turn nine. And they're amazing kids. The other day, what, what Pastor Rigo was saying about the kids, we were, they go to youth service with us because I want them to enjoy ministry. I don't want them to ever feel like ministry is, is a burden or it's is in their way, but that they would have fun and love to walk, uh, walk out this life with their parents. So they were there in the service and during worship, uh, Abigail had her first encounter with the Holy Spirit. And she went over to my wife with tears. Uh, she was just like... Mommy, mommy, I felt the Holy Spirit all over my body, and he told me to go, that, that I needed to go and pray for the poor, and I needed to go tell people about Jesus. This is an eight-year-old girl, you know what I'm saying? And she's being, at eight, at eight years old, she's having an encounter with Jesus. So uh, I have my beautiful wife. She's right there. Of course, if you can stand up. Now you see why I'm always smiling, you know what I'm saying? Uh, some of my, my, my youth leadership team is back there somewhere. If you guys can stand up really quick, I just want you guys to say what's up. Um, and uh, so, guys ready? Let's get to it. Today I just want to talk to you uh, from my heart. You know, me and Rigo were eating and, and, he, and we just began to talk and he told me, listen, I want you to share what you just shared with me over there. So, uh, it's my testimony, but I believe God has a word for you guys, for all of us tonight, because even though I'm the vessel, I'm receiving, I'm the first one that hits, you know what I'm saying? So we're all receiving here today, and I want you guys to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 1. 
I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses to the life of faith. Before I keep going, I need to stop there. Um, because I feel that we don't understand this. And before we go to the rest of that verse, you need to understand that everything that it tells you past this point is in the context of the great cloud of witnesses. So I think that you guys have a clip back there, right? Can you just, 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 I just, I just want you to, it's not, it's not the heat, but I just got, I need you guys to, to hear and see these people on the screen. doesn't matter if you're a Golden State fan or not, but I just wanted you to see what it looked like when a crowd of people just went berserk. Because something that happened in, in, the, in the arena just produced uh, this, this, uh, this excitement. So, like, the, like, like Pastor Rigo was saying, is something was in their heart and it couldn't be contained. Something was inside them and they had to express it in one way or another. It was impossible for them to be in that arena and just stay quiet, just stay sitting down, just stay with their arm crossed and not say or do anything. And when this scripture says that you are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, you need to understand that you guys have a cheering section, that there's people in heaven, those that gave their lives, they're there and they're saying, come on, brother and sister, you know what? You can do it. Nothing is impossible. I walk the walk and it's worth it. You can do it. Let's go. Let's go. And, and, it, and this, this matters because when when the verse says, let us strip every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. When we're dealing with sin, we always feel by ourselves. Oh, it's just me. Oh, I'm the only one that's dealing with this. We're behind the screen watching pornography. Oh, man, I can't tell nobody about this. Because if I tell somebody about this, then you know what? I'm a leader in the church. I'm in the hype crew. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm a pastor. Or I'm, a, I'm a, an usher, you know, and, and, I can't, and I can't show people my wounds. I can't show people my weaknesses. And you feel so alone because the enemy does that. He puts you on an island. He puts you on an island. You're looking around the man and like, I don't have any hope. There's no one around me. And I want to tell you that that's the biggest lie that the enemy can tell you. First, Jesus is there with you. See, I don't know if you guys remember when Thomas... Doubting Thomas, you know, you know, the disciples are telling him, hey, Thomas, we saw Jesus. We saw Jesus. And what does Thomas say? Nah, you're crazy. It's like, unless I put my finger in, in his wounds, right? And, and I touch the wound in his side, I won't believe it. Sometime after, Jesus appears to Thomas. Remember, walks through the wall. That's cool. I tried that a couple of times. It didn't work. And he says, he goes to Thomas and he's like, put your finger right here. Put you, touch my side. Now question, was Jesus present when Thomas was saying that? Yes or no? Right? He was there, but he wasn't there. Did Thomas see him? Did Thomas feel him? But was Jesus there? Absolutely. See, we're never alone. Even in our moments of doubt, even in our moments where we struggle, where we battle with our faith or where we doubt God or, or, or even question if he exists or, 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 or that's just me. You know, none of us have ever looked and said, God, where are you? Like, what's, this, what's going on? You feel like he's picking on you like a schoolyard bully because things are happening in your life, but you're never alone. So the next time that you're dealing with something, you know what? Be encouraged. Don't be discouraged because you are not alone. And if you can just quiet your soul, you can hear the clouds of witnesses saying, hey, you got this. You got this. You got this. Come on. 
One more lap. Come on, one more prayer. Come on, one more song. You got this. You got this. And those witnesses aren't just anybody. See, I don't know about you, but when, you, when I used to play soccer and basketball and baseball, it was, my mom used to do the scorekeeping. She used to do it in baseball. She used to do the scorekeeping. And it was always good, man, to, like, to look and see like my mom, you know, someone that you love, someone that will go to war for you there on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? So when, you, when you're in the middle of the war, in the, in the battlefield, in the game, you need sometimes encouragement because you feel like you can't do things on your own. You know what I'm saying? You, we weren't made to walk this walk by ourselves. The first time that, says, that God says that something's not good in the Bible, you know what it is? When he says it's not good for man to be alone. See, he, God had already met the spiritual need of a man. So, because God is spirit, so he was walking and talking with God in the, in, in, in the garden. But there was still one area that God couldn't touch, and that was the physical area. See, we were called to walk this walk with someone else, not by yourselves. I don't believe in that loner person in the corner. You know what I'm saying? You need to be part of the body. If you take my arm off my body, it can't function, and my body can't function the way it's supposed to. So if, you're, if you continue to stand by yourself, you're not just affecting yourself, you're affecting the body of Christ. Because we need you. And we need to understand. We need to understand that when we look in the stands, we look at someone like, like Peter that denied Jesus three times. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, we deny him on a regular basis. But this man, like, literally walked with Jesus. You know? Like, he saw Jesus... Like when he woke up before he went to sleep, he ate lunch, he laughed, he joked around with Jesus. Like this man, you know, was one of his, I guess, three closest disciples. And he denied Christ. And it's good to see that man there. Because I understand that as I'm in the arena, I'm going to fail because I'm not perfect. And when I look into the stands and I see Peter, I remember that this man failed Jesus not once, but twice. But three times he failed him, and still Jesus came back to where Peter was, that he had left everything that he had learned. He was fishing again, and he wasn't a good fisherman. Every time it talks about Peter fishing, he's catching no fish. Boy was broke. You know what I'm saying? He never catch fish. And he goes back, and he, and, 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 and he, and he, and he, he presents himself, and Peter jumps off the boat. He's like, forget my fish. He jumps off the boat and he goes to Jesus and then Jesus walks with him and he asks us when Jesus asks him, hey Peter, you know, do you love me? You know what I'm saying? Do you love me? Do you love me? You know why he asked Peter? If, did Jesus know if Peter loved him? You know who didn't know if Peter loved Jesus? Peter. That's why he asked him three times because he denied him three times. So he said, you know, for every time you deny me, I want you to know that you do love me. So stop doubting your love for me. You hear me? So I don't know what it is that we're going through today as individuals. I don't know what it is that we're going through today as a marriage. I don't know what it is that we're going through today as a family. But I want to tell you, you're not alone. I want to tell you that there's people it, it, cheering you on and that Jesus is there with you. Amen? Amen. How different would the church look if we stopped hiding our weaknesses? How, how much easier would it be for someone, that a wretched sinner like someone like me? I was in drugs. I was involved in gang activity. I was breaking into houses. I tried to kill myself twice. I, came, I thought I was Tupac. I had a, I had a gold teeth from, from fang to fang. I got a tattoo on my stomach that says negro. I didn't quite... I didn't think that out, man, you know, because in English, in Spanish, you know, it's just, it could be offensive. So, you know, my wife is like, why'd you do that? And as time passed, the tattoo has gotten bigger. You know? When I got it at first, it said negro. You know, and now it says negro. <laughs> but how different would it be, man, if you and me could come here and say, man, this is what I deal with. 
You know what? I deal with lying. I deal with cheating. I deal with, with lust. I deal with this. You know what that would do? It would, it, would, it would turn that small door into a gate because people would flood in here. Because, man, there's, there's this place called New Life that, you know what? That they, love, they love people. They love people out of their sin, man. They come in here, and they don't feel judged. They come in here. They don't feel signaled out. They feel that, that, that everyone around them is loving, and, and they're not judging them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what God intended. We are not supposed to keep our sin quiet. As a matter of fact, when, when Paul's talking to, to the people from Corinth, he says that there's one thing that he's going to boast about. It's not his ability to, to know Scripture. Even though he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, it's not his, that his great encounter that he got knocked down. No, he boasts about one thing, and that's his weakness. Because he understands that in his weakness, God is proved to be strong. And as he's proving God to be strong, other people are saying, wait, 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 wait. If Paul can do it, that he's this, he's this, he's this, he's that, that I can actually and have an encounter with Christ as well. My life can change. My life can be transformed. See, we need to be people that, it, that reveal. And I'm not talking about go tell your, your, your junk to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. You know, wear a shirt like this is that and I'm a liar. You know, nothing like that. No, that's just not, that's not good. You know what I'm saying? That's just not wisdom. But you need to find some people that you can hold, hold yourself accountable to. And that you can show yourself of who you really are. You, are. you will never feel truly loved until you're truly known. You will never feel truly loved until you are truly known. There will always be that doubt in your mind. Man, if I tell him about this, he's out. Deuces. If I let him know about that, they're not going to love me. If I tell him that I'm having homosexual thoughts. They're going to reject me. Oh, we can't say homosexuals in the church? They don't need Jesus? Their sin is the same as my sin. No difference. So I want to speak to you guys, and I want to, I want to break down, and I want to just root, take shame from your heart today. Do not be ashamed of your struggle. You hear me, people? Do not be ashamed of your struggle. But find someone that is, that is spiritually sound, your pastor, your leader, and say, this, listen, Pastor Rigo, this is what I'm dealing with, man. This is my thoughts. These are my intentions. You know what I'm saying? It takes guts to reveal your intentions. I told my young people sometimes, like, man, can you imagine if God would have connected a, flat, a little mini flat screen TV to our, to our brains and everything that we thought would just scroll there? Ain't nobody leaving the house. <laughs> yeah, can we talk real? You know, I'm not, I'm making sure that I have like a special channel when my wife walks in, you know, like switch the channel, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, pastors don't deal with things, right? Vulnerability. Let yourself be known so you can feel that you're truly loved. That way, you know, you, you, can, you, can, go, you can go to war with people. Because you say, man, this, no, this guy knows the worst of me and he still has my back. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. That's what Jesus was. Jesus was going after prostitutes, thieves, crazy people, demonic people, possessed people. He didn't care what people thought. He's like, man, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to let you know that your weakness and your sin does not scare me. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. And today I want to share, this is not even, this is not even the, the preaching yet. This is just the introduction. <laughs> no, no. It's not so you can say, wow, Pastor, I just need, you to, I need to let you know that it's what I'm talking to you, like the Lord asked me to speak this to you because this, this is the foundation. If you cannot be vulnerable today, then guess what? He's a gentleman. He's not kicking the door down. He's just knocking. You decide if you open the door. That's just not about salvation. That's about intimacy. People talk about revelation like it has to do with knowledge. You know what revelation is? Revelation's intimacy. You want, you, know, you, want, you want to know how I know that? Because I'm married. And there was things that were not revealed to me until me and my wife got to a certain level of intimacy. Got into a pact that said, you know what? No matter what, me and you, we're riding and we're dying together. Wherever we go. So revelation of Jesus doesn't come by just knowledge. It comes by intimacy. To the point that you feel so intimate with that person, you begin to start taking off your clothes. Yes. Everything that covers you, 
Everything that hides those areas of shame, like, you know, like the stomach or a little cellulite, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, baby, turn off the lights. You know what I'm saying? I don't want you to see these things. It has nothing, it has nothing to do with knowledge. It has to do with intimacy. And re- true revelation is birthed in the place of intimacy. So the first thing that I, that I, that I want to share that helped me push through, helped me be vulnerable, is found in verse 2 of Hebrews 12. And I want, it's the first step, and I want you guys to go there with me. It says this, very simple. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. It is interesting that it says eyes and not nose or ear or, or, or cheek or forehead. It doesn't say, you know, set your nose on Jesus. It doesn't say set your hand on Jesus or your finger or your toe. It says set your eyes. Now, in the Bible, it speaks about the eyes as being the window to the soul. And it also speaks about, you know, that hearing comes, faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And I believe that there's two channels that we receive from uh, from, that we receive from whether it's from God or all the other things that are speaking is our eyes and our ears. But this specific verse talks about the eyes. And I want you to know something. What you see and what you hear becomes what you think. That's why he's saying set your eyes on Jesus. Because Jesus knows that what goes through here and here, that becomes your thoughts. And then your thoughts become your actions. And then your actions become your habits. And then your habits take you to your destiny. Set your eyes on Jesus. So that way you go to the destiny that he has for you. And you don't end up God knows where doing God knows what. Because you set these and these to someone that wasn't Jesus. Set your eyes on Jesus. You want to be able to endure this walk? You want to be able to be faithful? The first thing we need to do is set our eyes to Jesus. See? Today the the message is called withstand. Withstand. We're living in some crazy times right now, you know? President, God bless him. You know, we need to pray for him. And that's the man that got appointed there. And I'm not going to talk about politics here. But no man is perfect. And the things that are going on, the wars, the tanks, the, 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 the nuclear missiles that are being, you know, they're practicing this, they're practicing that. I was like, man, I hope somebody doesn't press the wrong button because one comes this way. You know what I'm saying? I'm, we got to be in prayer. We're living in some crazy times. And I believe Jesus is coming soon. That's my belief. That's what I believe in my soul and my heart of hearts. And we need to withstand whatever this world is trying to take and, and, and put us through. He is also the champion that initiates. I want to take some pressure off of you. I don't know if you remember, you know, when you first try to talk to your girl or, you know, fellas, you know what I'm saying? You, you walk in the room, you're like, ooh, I like her. You know, I'm, I'm a very shy guy. I mean, you look at me now and you think, yeah, right. I'm super shy. You know, Regal was always the funny one. You know, I was always the, the dude in the back just laughing at his jokes. You know, that was me. I'm good there. You know what I'm saying? I'm comfortable there. You know what I'm saying? You know? And when I would hang out too much with Regal, you know, my mom, would, when I would get home, he's like, Dad, you're acting just like Regal. And, uh, and I was like, and? <laughs> um, but when we walk in the room and we try to talk to a girl, you set your eyes just like you set your eyes on Christ, right? What up, girl? What up, girl? You set your eyes. But the truth is that you didn't set your eyes on Christ. We forget something. He's the groom. We're the bride. The Bible says this. We love him because he loved us first. The problem with the church today is that they think they're initiating something. And that's why we're doing things to try to bring a smile to God, to try to convince God, God, you need to love me because look how good I am. God, you need to listen to me because look, I'm doing everything that you're telling me. And you need to understand something, that about 2017 years ago, God already expressed his love for you. 
You don't need to win anything. When he was nailed on that cross, when he was beaten, and he was put up there naked, and he died, he was saying, I love you. And nothing, listen to me, nothing that you have done or are doing or will ever do will ever stop that love from invading your heart. We didn't initiate. You know what our job is to do? Respond. We're the bride. Respond. Respond. Today you feel, I know the presence of God in this place. Since the moment I walked in here, man, there's just a cloud. It, it looks like it's been raining here for a few weeks. You know what I'm saying? And I need you guys to understand something. That you can stand in this rain. You can stand in this rain all you want. And you can see people around you getting transformed and getting touched. But until you say, Lord, okay. I want to respond today. Today I want to open the door. You're going to stay right where you're at. I don't know if you're tired of that place where you're at. I, I, I'm tired of some of the things that I'm dealing in my life with. And I, I, and, I, and I refuse to settle. It might take me a year or two or three or four or 12 like it took the woman that was bleeding consistently. 12 years with that thing. I declare that that's not going to happen to, to me. But you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's on us. If that woman would have stayed there with Jesus passing by, and she would have been like, oh, man, I'm bleeding. The same problem she had yesterday, she had today. Oh, I'm bleeding. But this time there was a crowd. And I was talking to the young people on Friday. It's like, some of us can't get to Jesus because we're scared of the crowd. You're worried about what people are thinking of you? You're worried about what your husband is thinking of you? You're worried about your wife is thinking of you? I got news for you. Your husband and your wife, they can't fulfill you. mm only one person fits in that hole. The only one thing, only one man fits there. And his name is Jesus. He initiates. All we have to do is respond. Set your eyes on Jesus. The second thing, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And I'm going to read just so that we can move along. It says, you have been raised to a new life. Amen. But how many guys saying amen for new life? Amen. With Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says this. So we look not at the things which are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting, imperishable, eternal. How many you have the rope? Can you, can you just, all right, don't worry about it. I'm not going to last on nobody. All right, it's, it's just, just, just kind of extend it. Oh, watch yourself. Anger, girl. All right, I got it, mama. Thank you. I just, I, I just want an excuse to kiss you. All right, go ahead. Here's a pretty long rope. I think it's like 10 feet, 12 feet, something like that. You see? All white. And this is what happens. What those verses are saying is that we need to set our eyes on the eternal. Let's say this rope is eternity. You see that little red mark? That's our life here on earth. Yeah? Look at how much rope. You know what's sad? That we let this little piece of red tape decide how we live eternally. Because you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I've lived, these last five years, I lived two, set, two sets of like, times that have been really tough. When I lost my mom, 13, devastating. 13, lost my mom. My grandma, last, my grandma died at 15. My dad went to jail at 16. It was bad, 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 a bad few years. You know, it was tough for me to get through this. And then recently, about five and a half years ago, you know, I went through another kind of like time of, 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 of trials. And my, my, my son, Ethan, you don't know if you saw me, he has... In his right hand, he's missing digits. He's missing his, his digits on his right hand. He doesn't have fingers. And, you know, I got the news on my birthday. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and when my mom passed away, she died three days after my birthday. So that, that's, you know, nothing's a coincidence, guys. And in this world, we will have conflicts. But I need you guys to understand this. Look at the rope. Because we say it's not fair. It's not fair. Look at the rope. Look how much white there is on this rope. Is it really fair? Is it fair or is it unfair? 
I'm not saying what you're going through is easy. I'm not saying that there won't be tears. I'm not saying that it's, it's, gonna be, it's not going to be gut-wrenching. But look at this. So many of us are rich in this little piece of tape, but we're bankrupt in eternity. I don't know about you, but I want to be, be rich in eternity. When I get to heaven, I want the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I'm not going to care about the house. I'm not going to care about the car. I'm not going to care about the degree. I'm not going to care about what people are saying about me. I'm not going to care about the five years and the four years of trials and tribulation. What I'm going to care about is this, that for eternity, I'm with my Savior. I'm in his presence. And you know what? It was tough. You know what? I doubted. You know what? I cursed. Oh, yeah, pastor's curse. And I cursed. And I said, how could this be that I spend Day after day after day, giving to young people. How could this be that I give my life for others and you can't heal my son? I don't understand. I, I still don't understand. Can I, can I be honest with you? But I wasn't called to understand. I was called to trust. About two years back, my beautiful wife was having some pain. She got her gallbladder taken out. And then uh, she was having some pains. We didn't find anything. They started doing some, some tests, did a biopsy. And they told her that she had a mild case of, of, of not Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, man. Cancer. It's like leprosy in Bible times. You know what I'm saying? It's a death wish. It's tough, guys. We, we got into our prayer room and we just cried together. We called our pastors, Pastor Chris and God. I mean, I blessed their lives, man, because they're such an amazing, amazing pastoral couple. And they just came and they just heard us out. And we, and we just cried and we talked. And my wife said, my wife's, my wife's a gangster. She, she just, she's like, I'm not going, I'm not going anywhere. My wife's Nika, you know what I'm saying? She don't look Nika, but she, she Nika. She got that Indian in her, you know what I'm saying? I tell her, I tell her, that comes from playing with your pet buffalo in the rainforest, my mother, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're Nika, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I love Nika. That, that's why I'm like this, because of your food. Um, <laughs> but what I'm here to tell you is this. It's not going to be easy. And you know what? There's going to be times that you're going to struggle, man. There's going to be times that you're going to battle, man. That it's going to be like, wow, you know, Jesus, Jesus, the son of God himself is sweating blood and trees. You think Jesus was scared about three nails on a cross? Think that's what scared him? I don't think so. I've seen martyrs. I've read about martyrs. I haven't seen them. That they're singing. Or oh, worthy is the lamb as they're going to get their heads cut off. Worshipping. So you think Jesus is scared of dying? Really? Nah, I don't think so. I think he was scared of something else. It's being separated from his father. His dad turning away from him because of our sins. That's really what scared him. Because in reality, what makes us who we are is our relationship to God, the Father. So today, I'm here to tell you that it's not going to be easy. In this world, you will have conflict. That's like wanting to learn how to swim without getting wet. It's just not going to happen. But we need to be joyful because it's just a blink of an eye. When you have eternal perspective, all that stuff that's going on looks so tiny. Let's talk about death a little bit. People are scared of dying. They're scared. <laughs> you know that death is just a promotion for us? That's like trying to scare my children by telling them if they do something wrong, we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> Ethan and Abby, how dare you? We're going to Disneyland. That's the, only, that's the only weapon that the enemy has against us. He thinks it's death. And what, what he doesn't understand is that for us, death is a promotion. You hear me? Not just physical death, but you know Jesus calls us to die so that he can live through us? Death is not something negative for the, for the believer. It's something positive 
like the, the couple, the positive couple. Well, death is positive because when you choose to die, he lives. And when you get taken and you leave, guess what? You're going with the Lord, man. There's a party up there and you're just loving it in his presence. You thought, you thought today's worship session was good? Mm. Have eternal perspective. Number one, set your eyes on Jesus. Number two, have eternal perspective. Set your eyes on eternity. And the last thing, we're going to turn to John 15, verse 4. And I'm going to close with this. You guys receiving today? Check this out. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you. Bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. If we don't remain, yes, we don't produce fruit. If we don't produce fruit, we get heart sick. How many of you guys go to the gym? Anybody? There you go. You guys are gym owners, right? How, how horrible would it be that everyone we went to the gym and they would go consistently a month, two months, three months, and they saw no results? Do you think anybody would come back? They're going to be like, man, like I don't see anything. Like not even a muscle. I'm trying to look sexy here for my girl, for my wife, and it's, nothing's happening. Not producing fruit gets people heart sick. Most people or many people walking with Jesus or following Jesus complain about not bearing fruit but they don't remain and we've all done it yeah I'm not pointing the finger I'm, I'm in there with you he's calling us to remain and, and then all of a sudden crisis comes finances are tight our kid gets sick or something the marriage is ah, there's some conflict and, and, and we're like ah man forget this forget this and we just walk and we go back to our things and then we have another encounter and we walk over here you know what I'm saying and it's like okay God and then crisis hits again oh man and your life is walking from reconciliation to crisis and crisis to reconciliation but you never bear fruit because we choose not to remain it's not an easy thing to remain can I be honest with you I, I couldn't hear God's voice for a year, a year and maybe two months when the whole thing happened with my, with my son. Aren't you a pastor? Yeah. My leaders are right there. And I've said this before them for a whole year. I couldn't hear his voice. It devastated me, man. My soul was so much in turmoil that I couldn't hear his voice. Every time I came and I raised my hand, all I heard was noise. I didn't know what to do. People were telling me, oh, leave the church. You know what? You know how many people came to visit us that year at our house? I'm not blaming nobody. It's hard to come to a pastor and talk to him about God not moving in favor of his son. It's not easy to do, man. A whole year. It was the hardest time of my life, man not being able to hear my father's voice but I knew and I know still that he is faithful so all I did is even if I can't hear you I'm going to hold on and I'm going to remain here and I'm not going to move until I hear your voice you hear me God I, I refuse to move from this place until I hear your voice I can't hear you I'm dying on the inside. My wife is depressed and crying. My son is missing fingers. I can't hear you. I need to hear you. And silence. Okay. Let's remain. Man, that's hard. But it's not done in your strength. It's him that gives you strength even when you can't hear him. Just like Thomas, he was there in the middle of Thomas's doubts and questions. That's why he was able to say, hey, Thomas, put your hand right here. Put your hand right here. Because he was there even though Thomas didn't hear him. And sometimes, you know what? We need to walk by faith. Oh, wow. Look at that faith. 
It is impossible to please God without faith. Faith, faith. That is what our walk is about. It's not about knowledge. It's about faith. About moving forward even if you don't have the answers. When you do have the answers, it's not faith. It's just life. Faith. I'm tired, man. I'm, I'm a youth pastor. I'm tired of seeing young people that they're committed with God one week and then not committed with God the next week and then a month later they're committed to God and you know what I thought that was a youth problem but guess what it's not the body of Christ is playing this game with Jesus and they don't know what it is to commit to him fully and I want to I want, I want to read a verse from a story of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego it's Daniel 3.18 I don't know if you can get it up there it wasn't in my notes this is something that Daniel 3.18 and, and, this, and, and, and this is what's happening Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to, to bow to the idol. And, he, and they said, we're not going to bow. So they bring him before the king. And the king says this, hey, you know what? If you don't bow down before my idol and the, when the trumpets and the instruments sound, you guys are going in the furnace. And you know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego says? <laughs> okay. Cool. We're not going to worship your idol. Because we believe that God can deliver us. But that's not the, that's not the impressive part. Go, let me read it. I'm sorry, I think I got the wrong verse. But even, Daniel 3.18, it says this phrase. Check this out. Right after he says that, he can deliver us from this. But even if he doesn't. But even if he doesn't, I will not bow down. It says, but even if he does not, let it be known. Woo, that's a gangster phrase right there. You know what I'm saying? But even if he doesn't, let it be known. That I am not bowing down to what this world says I need to bow down to. Can we have that, but even, even, but even if he doesn't faith. Can we have that faith that says, but even if he doesn't answer me. But even if the finances are still tough. But even if there's a struggle in our marriage. But even if there's sickness in my body. I will not bow down to that idol. What type of church do you want to be, New Life? Do you want to be that church that says, okay, we're good in the good times and we're bad in the bad times? Or you're the type of church that says, you know what? Even if he doesn't answer my prayers, when I want to answer it, I still will worship him. I still will come here to the front. I still will lift up my hands. I still will say, you are the king of kings and you are the Lord of lords. There is no one like you and my life belongs to you. finish with this you will never be able to withstand until you know who's standing with you we go back to the beginning intimacy with him you know all those all those troubles and situations that you're living with or living in they haven't been trying to keep you from Pastor Rigo, Pastor Rigo is an amazing man of God but he ain't got your answer. It's not, it's not to keep you from coming to this building. It's not to keep you from, from, it's to keep you from Jesus. But if we can set our eyes on him and respond to his love, if we can say, I set my eyes on eternity and even though right now I'm going through a tough time, you know it's tough, man. And I don't want to, don't fake it till you make it. No, you love him in your pain. You love him in your trials. You love him in the tribulation. And then you have that, that let it be known attitude. Even if he doesn't, I will still worship you. Peter said it like this when Jesus said, you want to leave too? Because he had like a little rough message, you know what I'm saying? Because we don't like, we only like nice messages, you know what I'm saying? But when, when the pastor brings the hammer, we're like, oh man, I think Pastor Rigo was off today. And he says, you want to leave? Peter got it. Peter was a little crazy, but he would get it sometimes. He said, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? After all the stuff that I've gone through, I don't know. You think I deserve this? 
I'm not worthy of this. There's only one person worthy, and that's Jesus Christ. We're here, man. We're all in the same boat. We're all battling our things. We're all having struggles. We're all dealing with things in marriage. We're all dealing with our children. We're all dealing with personal stuff and personal demons and wounds and stuff like that. Well, today you have an opportunity. Today is the day that you can say, here, here I am, God. I hear you knocking. And I know some of you guys here, the Lord is doing something. The Spirit of God has been doing something since you walked into this door. And that presence of God, that rain saturated, prepared the soil for the seed that was about to be dropped. Not from me, but from His Spirit to yours. And if today you say, yes, God. Today you say, yeah, I hear you knocking. I'm not going to act like I'm crazy. I hear you knocking. And I'm broken on the inside. And I'm tired of hiding my shame. I'm tired of hiding my problems. I'm tired of hiding my pain. I'm going to come to you you just as I am and I'm going to see you do work just close your eyes where you're at Pastor Rico I don't know if you want to make a call can I make a calling is that alright close your eyes Stay. you can dim the lights here a little bit I know some people are being touched man and being transformed and renewed today if today you say Pastor that word that has been dropping today is, is from God to me. You're talking to me, man. You're talking to me. I'm tired of, of hiding my shame. I'm tired of, 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 of not trusting you. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I, I don't know what it is, but I want to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that say, Lord, even if you don't answer the prayers that I want you to answer, I want you to know that I'm here. I'm committed. I want to bear fruit, and I want people to eat from that fruit and be and be blessed. This is, this is the moment. This is the time. You say, man, Pastor, maybe my eyes have been in different directions except on Jesus. Maybe you say, man, my eyes haven't been on eternity and it's been on my problems, it's been it's been on my problems and my situations. And maybe you say, you know what, I haven't remained. Every time something bad happens, you know what? Just come to the front right now, man. Just run to the altar and just get at his feet. I know God, the Spirit of God is doing something here. Come on, come on. <laughs>